Hello, sisters, and welcome. Grab a drink and a familiar, cozy up by a bubbling cauldron, and join us for this meeting of the Sisters of the Night Caucus. Say hello, sisters. God damn it, it's me first, isn't it? Hi, I'm Katie. I'm Angela. I'm Shanna. We don't follow the numbers anymore. Wait, just... are, are the numbers... I, I, uh, Every single episode... This is Jillian, by the way. Every single episode, Katie is the first person to say hello. Um... But listen, it's the end of fair. Oh, it's the end of Grange Week. Shanna, I'm sorry. I I I took two. I was waiting oh. for you because I always go last. I just always go last, and the the agenda was unsettling to me. I, I didn't even look. At it. Listen, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I did not have it pulled up. No, this um, is like this is like when somebody parks in your unofficial parking spot at work. You know. Yeah, and it just like ignites a tiny rage inside your body. Um, because that's mine. Uh, you know. Well, I I stole your shot at two, and uh, you next know, time, next time. You know, I don't want to be number two. <laughs> no, good. it's I'm good on the bottom. Good. <laughs> Put me Shanna, in my place. I love being number three. <laughs> um, you know, it's we're. I think we're all a bit. You can tell how with it we are today. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, uh, Katie has been at the Center County Grange all week. Uh, Shanna, you're just getting school started, right? Yeah, I just finished my first week of school. Yeah. Uh, Angela, you went to a very fancy wedding yesterday. Yeah, and I danced my butt off till 1.30 a.m. and then drove an hour and a half. And your girl does not have that kind of stamina anymore. No, yeah, I mean, yesterday, all I I had my Blair Dems picnic yesterday, um, and it was just lovely. Uh, but I, you know, events are truly the bane of my existence, and I feel constantly, uh, like, just constant anxiety about them. Um, but Katie told me that it was going to be great, and she was right, and um, <laughs> I'm glad. Because I would not have wanted it to be not good, even though I love being right. Um, I don't love it that much necessarily. So listen, we're going to do some hexing um, and uh, and then we're going to introduce our very special guest. We're going to get the whole way into it. So what what do we have on uh, on the hex list today? Who's who's what are we hexing? Shanna, you've got something lighthearted and delightful. Wet nail polish. Wet nail polish. When you paint your nails and they look so pretty and then like a minute later you forget that you were just painting your nails and you go to do, I don't know, any normal thing that you ever do ever, then your nails Literally are anything. fucked up for the whole fucking week. Yeah, Fuck you know, I, yeah, I feel that. Yeah, Shanna and I were like going back and forth a little bit about nails because I have had... um like delightful long gel extensions for like the last two months and i was supposed to i'm picky this is not my hex i'm piggybacking off shana's hex i was supposed to have a nail appointment on the 21st but then i had to bargain with one of my hospitals on the 21st um 
because of reasons. Um, and, uh, and then I had to cancel that appointment. The first appointment after it that I could possibly make was on the 30th. I had to cut my nails back because, um, they, they were just growing out too much. And then, um, a couple of them popped off and now I just look like a freaking crazy person with like crappy nails. Um, but you know what? On the 30th, I'm going to get delicious new nails and God's willing, I will have a tentatively agreed, if not ratified contract, um, after which I will head into a one week beach vacation. So, um, that's the plan. That's so you know, wonderful. Um, fingers crossed. I've said it out loud. So who knows what will happen now? Um, who wants to existence? That's, that's right. right. Who, who Who's up next? I have another little one. My therapist is switching to a different office and her new office does not accept credit cards. So I have to like get my, um, what's that called when your employer gives you money for health stuff? My HSA. I have to like go see if they'll give me checks. Like what the fuck is this? Like 1980? Come on. Who does not take credit cards? Like get wrecked. This This is insane. This is stupid and unacceptable. And you know what? I think whenever someone doesn't accept credit cards, that they're hiding money so they don't pay taxes and it's not her my therapist is amazing and i love her so much so i'm following her to the new place because i don't want to start over because that's fucking exhausting yeah, true. yeah but like in. once you find one on. you like yeah anyway sorry yeah listen i think no credit card equals fraud somebody's some, some unless fraud. unless you're selling weed fraud is happening <laughs> well that's well i mean money. and when i say weed i mean legal weed yes they <laughs> because, are unbanked like, they are unbanked and they are unbanked they are unbanked because of the federal government yes we gotta have a pennsylvania bank so that i can use my debit or credit card with instead of having to pull out cash i will say it has been helpful to have cash but the only reason that i have cash on me ever is because i am a medical marijuana card haver that's it we need to start the first <laughs> national bank of the night caucus first national bank of the night caucus um if we could get the commonwealth of pennsylvania to fully insure that bank then, then we'd be good to go. <laughs> um i feel relatively yeah. uncharacteristically positive oh today I, I don't really know quite what it is, um, but I will take a small break from my positivity okay. to, um, okay, if you are a candidate <laughs> or about to become a candidate and you are listening to this, a piece of advice. Oh my God, do a little bit of research before you call people. Oh my God. Yes. Thank you. I cannot take these calls. It is insulting. Listen, it is more insulting for you to call me or anyone else and not have any idea, anything about how we can be of relevance to or help to your campaign than it is to just not call. Yeah. I mean, it is just wild to me. Second piece of advice. Okay, A, 
Piece one, do your research. Two, for the love of God, do not lie. Do not lie to anyone. Exaggeration is also lying. Okay. We're all going to find out. It's, it's, it is, it, exaggeration is also lying. It is, it is truly, truly, truly not acceptable. Um, this is a very small world and we all talk to each other incessantly because we're basically free. Nobody gossips like political people. Come on. To other people. Therefore, don't do this. Don't do it. I'm going to add a three to that. Not my head. No, no, yeah, that's fine. No, if you're calling full on. Oh, if you're calling a stakeholder who does endorsements, Mm -hmm. maybe you want to research where they endorse. Just like simple basic. Right? Like look at the website. Yeah, like do they endorse federally? Do they endorse statewide? None of this is hard. I'm not saying if you're not doing, I'm not, okay. It's totally different. I am not talking about like call time. I don't expect you to know my dog. No, that's not that. You know, or where my kids went to college. But how about you just basically have some semblance of an idea of where people fit in the landscape before you start I mean, like when you're talking about, right, like people like us, for example, your (laughs) Facebook is fully public. I'm on every social media platform known to man. Like you can find out some really like nitty gritty shit about me if you wanted to. Just Google. We're all all Googleable. We all we're all extraordinarily Googleable. And you know what? Um, And I'm I'm and the same goes for many people in politics that have been in it for some years. Yes, most people are, and. And I guess the, the the caveat that comes after that is if you get called on your shit, if someone is kind enough to call you on your shit and say, hey, I noticed this mm-hmm. and, you know, you're not going to get off to a good start that way. Be grateful. Yeah. Just be, be grateful. grateful. Just be grateful. You got to yeah. listen. You got to just be humble and you got to take the advice and you got to roll on. Be grateful and... that we said it to you and that we didn't laugh about it with all of our friends. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Which, yeah, uh, yeah, which is precisely why you know I'm I'm not naming names or or throwing anyone yeah. under the bus in any way, shape, or form. However, cool. I would like to point out that this is a problem that predominantly happens with cishet white male candidates. It's true. Because you don't think you have to do the work. Ding, 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 ding. There's the winner. And that concludes my hex. Hex, hex you. Now, yeah. Katie. Back, back to the oh. positivity. That's all. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah. Katie. I. <laughs> oh, that's an evil laugh. Very excited about this. This is all I'm going to say, and then Jillian, I'm passing it to you. Okay. Angela dove into like candidate stuff. Mine was mm-hmm. kind of candidate related. Yeah. The only thing I'm going to say, you can't run on vibes and win. Real. I would like to expand on that because it's like a common thing. Listen, I have had candidates before. 
that like don't want to do like lit or signs or whatever because the planet and pollution and um fine cool um i'm so excited that you want to do something for the earth but how do you think you're going to do it if you don't get elected and how are you going to get elected unless people know who you are um yes ma'am yeah can i can i like addendum my hacks yeah yeah. I i got one more thing i got one more thing about these candidates and this is not just a this cycle thing, but boy, oh boy, is it a this cycle thing. If you're a Democrat, what are you doing out there if you are not actively running with your fellow Democrats? Yeah, what are you doing? run for office. What are you doing? I'm not saying everybody's got to agree on everything all the time because we don't. However, when, when, when we're out there running against literal fascists, I think that you can put the differences aside. Yeah, like truly this nonsense of like, well, I don't want to attack anyone. You don't want to attack a fascist? You don't want to attack somebody that wants to ban books in schools? You, you, or really, really? Is that... You know, I'm just trying to do my own thing. I'm just trying to do my own thing. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, vis a vis what Katie said, it's called running for office, not vibing for office. So please fucking do that. Please do something. If you don't want to, and here's the thing. And then I would like to hex this. This is my official hex. Um, Telling the truth about people is not attacking them. Just because they feel attacked doesn't mean you're attacking them. And like, if you're a candidate and you want to talk about the positive things about you, great. In fact, I would much prefer you personally to do most of that. But like, let other people tell the truth about your opponents. Because once again, the truth is not an attack. Just because some butthurt Republican feels attacked because you're telling people what they want to do does not make them attacked. If you are a straight cis white man on the Democratic ticket, given that there are actual fascists out there running and you make it about you, and not the people in your community who will be actively harmed by fascists winning, don't run. Don't run. And you're an asshole. Um, and believe me when I say, would say it to your face. Love you. <laughs> All right. Um, these are our hexes. It is... We're we're just creeping towards the fall and it's only going to get more unhinged from here. So stick around. Um, but with that, I am thrilled because I would like to, um, I'm going to have Katie introduce our guest, but just one second before you do that. Um, I think this is the product of, so I was standing in the Capitol and this is the day that the Patient Safety Act 
went through the house and I was talking to somebody and then I heard, oh my God, are you on Sisters of the Night Caucus? (laughs) And I was like, yes. She was like, I love your show. And number one, thank you. I love everybody who enjoys us. Um, it still wears me out a little because, um, I don't like it when people tell positive things to me, uh, because I'm weird like that, but keep doing it, keep doing it. But, um, it's just, you know, whatever. Um, here's what boggles my mind about all of it. Those people in the Capitol who listen to the podcast, they never know that you're on the show. They know my voice. They know my voice. I see them all the time. And they're like, wait, 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 wait. Aren't you friends with Jillian, who has the Sisters of the Night Caucus <laughs> podcast? And I'm like, I'm a host too, asshole. I'm like, do you not know my voice? I, Apparently, Jillian, well, you have the most recognizable voice of all of us. I appreciate that deeply. Um, I, I think that everybody is deeply recognizable, but I am also friends with you all, so it's hard for me to say. With that, Katie, please introduce our guest. Yes. Um, so today we have wonderful new state representative, Lisa Borowski. She was elected this past November to represent the 168th in Delaware County, uh, which is now my sister's current or former district i don't know uh first ran (laughs) for school board she just moved um first ran for school board and later township commissioner while she was a township commissioner she led efforts to secure investments for the public library um increase police funding pave township roads improve stormwater management which in that part of the state is a lot uh she's very passionate about education along with gun safety, healthcare access and affordability and supporting first responders. And like all stellar representatives that we like, also advocates to protect uh, abortion access, workers' rights, fighting for climate change and expanding voter rights. Hello, Lisa, and welcome. Hello, <laughs> thank you all so much for having me. I am very, very excited to be here. I, I, lo- I love the podcast. Um, and I love uh, that you guys, there's no BS. So that's what I really like. No, and no. I, I love. <laughs> we, don't, we, don't, we don't have any truck with that. <laughs> no, no. Yes. Uh, number one for me, thank you for voting yes on this patient, on the patient safety act. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, um, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's, I think it's really good legislation. I think what I'm working on now is, you know, um, you know, how are we going to support that? Because I think yeah. it's one thing to say we need to have patient ratios. We need to have nurses. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, we need more nurses. We need more educators for nurses. Yeah. And that, you know, loud and clear from our nursing schools that have can't accept as many students as they want because we don't have the educators. So, and not only in the classroom, but also once they're, you know, the hospitals and nurses and preceptors that are willing to train our nurses. So uh, my mom is a nurse, she's a nurse, and my son's girlfriend is currently a nurse. Um, So nurses, lots of nurses in my life. So, um, so yeah, it's uh, good legislation. We need some more stuff uh, around it to support it. Amen. Amen. Yeah, for sure. It's not a silver bullet. I think I said that when we were voting. No, no, certainly not. Yeah. So, 
so yeah, it's exciting. It's been a very exciting, uh, I guess, introduction for me as a new legislator. <laughs> it's a lot of, it's, I, you know, it's a sense of a lot of pent up frustration, like, let's get these things done. We've been waiting. <laughs> let's get them done. So, you know, um, it's uh, a lot of it's been, you know, it's just like fast and furious. And um, I said like the, the day, so on December 1st, when the new session, you know, the new, you know, we technically started um, the emails all of a sudden of legislation being you know, reintroduced that had been, you know, bottled up for <laughs> how many years it was, mm. uh, it was overwhelming. It was overwhelming. I had to create a separate rule in my inbox to send all this legislation <laughs> to a separate mailbox because then I was I couldn't find people like I emailed you and I want you to come to this thing. I'm like I can't find it. There's three thousand <laughs> pieces of legislation in here. So, uh, so yeah, so it's it's been good, but definitely uh, definitely a whirlwind for sure. Outstanding. You recently had, <clears throat> excuse me. A uh, piece of legislation passed the House chamber. Mm-hmm. It did have some amendments. Regretfully, I did not follow those amendments super close because it happened right before a vote I was in the gallery waiting on. Mm-hmm. This is for schools bill. Uh, um, so I was like, great. where's the whip count for the next bill? Um, but uh, it's a bill that, all, well, there was two bills. This one passed through. I don't remember if the other one passed. Um but two bills that I had been looking at was the fee waivers bill and protecting tenants bill. And mm-hmm. I think all of us appreciate some things like this, but would you like to tell folks about those two bills? Sure. So the, um, the, the tenant rights one uh, the uh, tenant rights act, which is to allow you know, victims of either domestic violence and, um, uh, you know, physical violence, like victims of crime or, you know, something like that to allow them to get out of their leases um, so they can move, you know, so they can get out of either a bad situation or a situation where they could be um, endangered or something like that. So allow them to break the lease and get out of the lease. Um, that has not come up for a vote yet. That is not has not been run in committee yet, but I'm hoping it will be run when we come back. Um, the other one is the fee waiver, and that's also that's for victims of domestic violence and uh, domestic abuse. And that is if they um, it would run with the um, working with the groups that are working you know, with victims of domestic violence, people who are identified if they've had to leave their situation. Um, you know, get up and leave. And I've left my birth certificate and my driver's license and any other state related documents that allow me to go and get another apartment or, you know, just go and get my own bank account. um, If they've had to leave those behind or if they're taken, because a lot of times it's control, right? It's about control, Um, taking somebody's documents so they can't do those kinds of things. They aren't independent. so this would waive the fees for them to get those documents replaced. Um, so make it easier for people to get their lives back together. That is the one with the amendments. Um, there was uh, some concern from some of my colleagues about 
that and some of the funds, particularly for the, um, I think it's the birth certificates. What's it driver's license? I think there's money that goes to some groups that help, uh, you know, support victims of domestic violence. Even though those groups said they were fine with the bill, they were good with it. The money they get <laughs> is like negligible in a way. Um, but that was something that some of my colleagues were concerned about. And none of those, um, uh, those, those amendments were not, um, they were not, um, they did not pass. Um, and then there was another two, uh, two amendments. One, it was amended in committee by my, um, my colleague, uh, one of my colleagues. And then again, another amendment to uh, democratic amendments, which did pass, which I think made the bill stronger. Um, so, and that was after hearing from some other stakeholder groups. It's the one thing I'm learning about legislation is there's so many stakeholder groups and it's hard to, you know, so sometimes I'm kind of of the mindset now, like let's introduce it and then everybody will see it and then they will come and we can even talk about it and make it better. So, so yeah, but yeah, I was excited that that passed. So, uh, HB 544 is, uh, sitting in the Senate along with many other pieces of legislation. Mm. Um, so yeah. Um, the other one, and this is something I know you and I have talked about, is the solar access bill, <laughs> which seems like the world's most simple thing in the world. For any of our listeners who have heard me go off on things like community solar, like when we had Representative Fiedler on, et cetera, this is not community solar. No, it is not. This is very different. <laughs> This is very different for all of you who hate HOAs and condo associations. This <laughs> bill is for you. <laughs> yes. So this one is also, we're we hoping this will run uh, when we come back, but um, it, I, this is home for me. This is homegrown legislation. I have uh, constituents who reach out to me, they live in a community where there's an HOA where they're not allowed to hang their clothes on the lines, let them dry. So, Good Shanna's like, same. And we can only have one bird bath. And I'm not saying I want two bird baths, but who the fuck are you people to tell me who? I can't let more than one bird bathe at a time? I don't want to derail this, but I'm just saying, what kind of nosy bitch got mad because somebody had two bird baths? It's a whole thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, do you want me on. to introduce? Like, we could introduce some legislation to change that too. But let's do it. <laughs> let's do we it. just make HOAs illegal. <laughs> well, so this, I mean, very simply, all it says is that it would, you know, not it, it would take away the right of HOAs to say you can't dry your clothes on your line outside for whatever reason. So it's a very simple small thing but for again for me it's homegrown like it came comes right from my constituents so um so yeah so that's that's another thing we have out there but certainly could ha you know it has environmental impact um mm -hmm. and could be really helpful especially to people who are trying to save on their electric bills and not want to dry their clothes and you know so um yeah. so yeah and there's angela you look like you were about to chime in no, I'm just waiting. I have a specific thing I want to talk about on the legislative front. Oh. Uh, 
But um, I said HB 479. <laughs> no, I want to talk to you about hospital closures in Delaware County because I went through this. So I live in Western PA in Lawrence County. I lost my neighborhood at, you know, my small town hospital um, three years ago in a very similar um, situation to what you all have been going through in Delaware County. And I know that there is a piece of legislation out there. Mm -hmm. And um, what it, I think it's, is it HB 158? Is that the, I think there's that's a, what it is. Yeah, there's a couple. So Dan Williams has uh, something about hospital closures because he had two hospitals in his area close. Um, so, um, Jennersville and uh, oh, I'm going to blank on the other one, but he had two. And then uh, Jen O'Mara has one as well. Mm -hmm. um, so there's two, there may be one other. Am I trying to remember? We actually, so yeah, hospital closures is huge. And a lot of it is, you know, the for-profits taking over um, these hospitals coming in and then basically scuttling them and selling them at sheriff's sale, you yep. know? And so I spent 30 years, so my background is healthcare, um, not on indirect patient care because nobody wants me doing that. Um, and I'm not good with bodily fluids like mine or anyone else's, I'm not good. Um, so, but, you know, on like the advocacy side, I've worked in, uh, you know, government relations, I've worked in, um, so marketing, PR, community relations, so all of that. And the, I hate for-profit healthcare hate it. Like absolutely hate it. Um, I think that it is, I, I've seen no good come of it. So in Philadelphia, you know, we had Hahnemann hospital closed, taken over, um, by a for-profit who, you know, devastated the hospital, um, and left a lot of people in the lurch, a lot of professionals, medical professionals with nowhere to practice. At the time I was working uh, for Einstein Healthcare Network. So a lot of, we took a lot of people um, up at Einstein, which was good for, you know, us to, you know, bolster the care providers, but it's just, um, it's demoralizing, you know, for, for the healthcare professionals because they go through so much, you go through so much before, you know, a closure even happens. And it's just devastating to the communities. And we have a similar situation right now with Crozier, uh, Crozier Hospital, which is down in Chester, um, you know, area that is, it's, it's a, 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 where access is an issue. People need to have a hospital close in their community. And yeah, the, the thought of losing that is, um, is a huge concern a huge concern to all of us here in Delaware County, because then there's the ripple effect. So right down the street is, is my district, uh, Riddle Hospital. They've already seen a huge increase in the number of people they're seeing in their emergency departments. And, uh, you know, for inpatient care, they just opened a new patient pavilion there, which will in no way um, be able to accommodate the patients if closure closes. So they just opened this. It takes years, you know, for a hospital to get the capital, to open a new wing, to plan it, to build it and all of that. And then it opens and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, what are we going to, what are we going to do? How are we going to, you know, take care of patients? And we're at max capacity already. So yeah, it's a huge issue. It is a huge, huge issue. Um, 
and it's uh it's distressing you know it really is that and I just yeah it's it's extremely it is I, I mean I I am I will say this um I have so much respect for all the legislators that are bringing this to the forefront um it does it doesn't bring my hospital back uh, I have a terrible representative um <laughs> I'm sorry I, Oh, no, it's okay. Uh, my representative is Aaron Bernstein, so it's completely okay for me to say that. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. like it's not like there's not, it's not like, oh, it's on the line or perhaps I'm maligning someone. So, uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, like I said, that being said, um, just knowing the impact that it has had, you know, on, on my community and the, the surrounding communities, um, Seeing that everyone is is really getting out there and talking about this now means so much. Um, it's also frustrating because, and and while I I know that, I know that the issue of I mean th this issue is already roiled through rural Pennsylvania. I do think that there's um, there's a real real propensity when talking about healthcare deserts or talking about these closures to kind of frame them as a rural issue when that's not what we're seeing at all. Oh. Um, no, it, 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 and, and a lot of times what we're really seeing is that this is um, truly like a socioeconomic issue where you have, you, you have your small towns and your smaller cities that had a, a larger tax base and had a larger population base and maybe, you know, don't have that large of a tax base anymore and, and have, you know, um, heritage hospital systems that now are struggling. Um, yeah, so I, I would, I'm happy to see the reframing. I'm so glad that, you know, the entire Delaware delegation is out there really talking about it because it is evil. It is evil to go in there and suck all the capital out of something and leave its corpse, you know? It's, um, yeah, and it, you're right. It's not just happening in rural communities. I mean, Hahnemann is in Center City, Philadelphia. Um, so a huge, huge building. And now, you know, what they what do they say that, you know, is he trying to sell it for condos or, you know, who knows? But um yeah, and it really hurts people. So how far, so for you, if you've lost your, your community hospital, how far do you have to travel now for healthcare? So in Lawrence County, Pennsylvania, which is part of the Pittsburgh uh, metro area, but on the very outskirts, um, you can no longer have a baby in the county. Uh, we, we no longer have um, that ability. And for... Um, you're about a half hour in any direction. So to the nearest emergency room. Um, and a half hour. That's half awful. Hour. Like, that's horrible. Yeah. That's horrible, no, right? I, I think like, and my kids are grown. Um, but I think about the number of times that I was in that emergency room with my three children as they were growing up. And I, I cannot imagine how terrifying it would be to have a, a newborn baby, you know, at, yeah. I mean, a half hour, a half hour, and like everywhere else, I feel like in the state with a major EMS shortage, you know, major ambulance issues in terms of wait times. So, I mean, these are, these issues are 
so prevalent across the state. And I, to me, like just allowing these these companies to come in and, and do this over and over and over again and turn a blind eye is, is terrible. So we, you know, so on October 4th, I can tell you, so I am subcommittee chair of the hospital facilities subcommittee. I, I probably didn't say the right, uh, for the health committee. And we are having a hearing on October 4th to talk about this very issue. And we are bringing in experts because, you know, it's going to be more than just about legislating and being like, there's going to have to be, again, like a lot of different, I think, pieces to whatever we do to kind of make this something that can't happen. And again, it's not just, it's also about like, how do we help hospitals survive? So they don't have to say, come in, you for-profit and take us over and, oh, we think it'll be great. And, oh, it's not. <laughs> um, so we, and how do we vet these groups that are coming in and, you know, what kind of, um, you know, what, what can we do legislatively to make sure that, you know, these groups coming in are, are gonna be committed committed to the mission of the hospitals, um, committed to serving the communities and not, you know, doing that. So, so we're going to be looking at this, you know, in, in tandem with the legislation that is already out there um, that we, we know, you know, a lot of my colleagues have introduced, what else can we do and what's going to be the best answer because that we have to find an answer. Um, and also is that, is it about reimbursement? So back to HB 106, um, we're looking at the you know Medicaid Medicaid reimbursement. Unfortunately, you can't do anything about Medicare, but um, Medicaid reimbursements. We know that those are challenges for hospitals. Hospitals that don't have good payer mixes, it's it's a challenge. And so, how do we how how do we look at that, and how is that impacting? So, uh, RepCon and I are looking. We'll probably be. Um, introducing something in the next couple of weeks around that um, because it's it's a it's a really complex problem that's not going to be solved by you know one piece of legislation and there's many layers to it um, so yeah it's it's uh it's a big concern and a priority <laughs> my lack of knowledge on this particular issue area is it even just something as can the state even do something? Because I think about where I live, I can get to a hospital in 35 minutes. Um, but, you know, is there something where the state just mandates every Pennsylvania resident must live, live within X time frame of even the barest minimum clinic where they can get emergency services to then be transported somewhere else? Because I think of like Forest County, or, well, Montour County has Geisinger in it, so that's like a whole, they have the main campus there. Um, but I think of Forest County or um, Cameron County, uh, some of these really low population places, but even if it's just, you don't necessarily need the big, huge hospital. I can go to Geisinger, I can go to Lewisburg, I can go to State College. Um, but is there somewhere where you get actual skilled care if you are in the midst of a heart attack or a stroke or giving birth or you cut your arm off to get that immediate care to then be transported to a bigger center. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just I, I know it's not easy, but I don't even know if the state could mandate something like that. 
I think, you know, I don't know uh, if you, we could mandate something like that, but I think even if we did, again, you run into the up against the, where are the providers? So one of the things we also are talking about is rural healthcare or healthcare in areas like you're talking about where there isn't already a lot of uh, options. You know, sometimes it's difficult to get providers to be there because of the rural nature of the communities. Um, I went to a really interesting hearing that the, um, the Senate Health Committee had, and it was all about rural health care. And I'm forgetting the name of the senator who, who she, I forget, I can't remember her name, who, um, who kind of orchestrated this. But it was, it's really eye-opening to know that, yeah, there are some people who live like within an hour of decent health care. Um, that providers, you know, they're providers, they travel around, they're there maybe once a week, once a month. Um, but, you know, what, but they face, you know, they face different challenges than our providers in the city. You know, you think a lot about, you know, people always are talking about, um, so I, my, the hospital I most recently worked for was in North Philadelphia, uh, a very, you know, a needy, economically challenged community um, where people needed, you know, it, we needed to provide easy access to healthcare services. Um, so you hear a lot about that, you know, the kind of like the cities and, you know, how can we get, make healthcare more accessible, but how can we even do that out in our rural communities and how can we incentivize providers to be there? You know, it's, it's, uh, is it going to be, is it, is it something they can make a living at? You know, that's, so that's uh, a concern and, and something that was being, was talked about and, and some of the creative things that people have done. Um, so it was a very, uh, very interesting hearing. And, you know, there is a lot of focus on that. I mean, healthcare is, healthcare is a huge issue in, in Pennsylvania and, you know, across the country. So, um, but what do we need to do to make sure we're best taking care of, of our people, of our, you know, our residents here in the Commonwealth, everybody, so that everyone has access. I'm a absolutely passionate about people having access to the healthcare they need. So how do we legislate that? I don't know if we can mandate something like that, but. <laughs> I think it's really we... good. And I, yeah, because I mean, like, like speaking from the perspective of, uh, of a union organizer that has to bargain with hospitals and healthcare systems, you know, it gets really, I think it's really exhausting for our members to sit there and bargaining and listen to these people from hospitals say like, Oh, we don't have any money. We don't need money. And then at the same time, they're off buying another hospital or building a micro hospital in a place where they can't possibly staff it because the other local hospital pays so much more state college. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and people have to hear like, oh, well, you know, we can take out bonds to build or to buy or whatever, but we can't take out bonds to pay people. And, and it's so deeply frustrating because it's just like the, you wouldn't have a business without these people. Absolutely. Our, you know, our, our, our healthcare providers are, um, 
they're the backbone, you know, and that's not just the direct patient care, but everybody from, you know, environmental services to transport to, yeah. I mean, one of the biggest things during COVID was like just having people to transport, you know, a oh, lot God, of yeah. people. So yeah, it's, um, there's just so many things that need to be dealt with and how, you know, how do we, how do we make it, um, how do we make it better? And how do we make it uh, a career for people and make it something that yeah. people want to do? Absolutely. Katie, I see a water services act on here and I can't help but think that, that might be something that you want to walk out about. Maybe just a little. Do it. Possibly. Okay. <laughs> so there's a water services act and this has shown its face numerous numerous legislative cycles there is even some bipartisan support uh for this bill or various versions of this bill depending there are some senate hang-ups but when aren't there right uh who likes privatization i don't as somebody who is is a council person and has a municipal water system that, by the way, is pretty top notch, if you ask me, um, I don't want to sell to a place like Aqua, PA American Water, whatever they're called. We've got good water and a solid reservoir and alternative sources. We're great. Um, yeah, privatization of water is bad. Uh, and if you are a city that is in receivership and you don't necessarily like completely own your water authority either. Uh, but it's kind of like a bit of an asset that may or may not be yours. And there's some things going on in the courts right now. And that reservoir might, that feeds that water authority might service a lot more people uh, than one particular city that is in receivership in southeastern Pennsylvania. Maybe um, maybe it's time to save the Chester Water Authority with the a Water Services Act. I was wondering when you're going to say the name. I was like, is she not going to say the name? Oh, I'm going to say the <laughs> <her> name. <laughs> yeah, so Chester Water Authority, many of us very interested in, um, you know, what's happening there. I have to say, have you, have, I don't know, if anyone's ever been down there, I had the honor or the privilege of going down there right after I was first elected, I was invited down. It's absolutely beautiful down there, first of all, like an amazing, beautiful natural resource that people can actually use besides getting their drinking water. Like you can go and you can take a kayak out. You can't take anything motorized, no, no gas powered, anything on the, the lake, but people fish there. I mean, it's, it's, absolutely beautiful in Octorera, um, down in Octorera, um, which is probably, well, it's almost like an hour from me. Um, but it's absolutely beautiful. And it seems to be fantastically well-run. I mean, I am not a water treatment plant expert by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, extremely well-run. Um, you know, I just toured also Pickering's plant, which is Aqua-owned last week, two weeks ago, was out there. They it seemed almost exactly the same. So, you know, I mean, very well run, uh, fantastic. 
it services, so Chester Water Authority services a very small part of my district um, in Middletown. And uh, then, so it services Leanne Krug, part of Leanne Kruger's uh, district, uh, Christine Sappy, Carol Kazim, who represents Chester, um, John Lawrence, who is uh, down at, I think the reservoir, is the reservoir in his district? In his district, yeah. So, um, you know, all of us in some way, shape or form have some legislation in order to, I mean, really specifically designed to keep this as a public entity and not privatize it. Because the one thing from after being down there and seeing it and just just the thought that it would be privatized and not accessible to the community, to the community anymore is, a, you know, that would be a big concern. But then certainly the concern about, um, you know, raising rates um, on people and, and there being no more public board and people who are accountable to their neighbors for these things. Um, I think that that's, that's definitely a powerful motivation for people who are, you know, part of the Chester Water Authority. Um, yeah, so so the water, the, the we have all introduced something in some way, shape or form designed to, you know, so if this doesn't work, let's try this. Let's, what can we do? <laughs> um, yeah, and we are all like very much aligned on this and how can we, um, how can we, support each other and make sure that we are, you know, uh, protecting the Chester Water Authority um, as much as possible. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. it's it's definitely an odd, an odd, sticky, tangled web situation for sure, for sure. Oh yeah, and I think about like the city of Chester is in receivership with the state. I'm not gonna nerd out for 30 minutes on what all that means and entails, <laughs> but, um, Chester needs help, but even though the city of Chester could ultimately sell the water authority, um, some of the ramifications, you know, Lisa, you mentioned some of them, like rate increases and things like that, not just the open land space, but, you know, Chester is an incredibly poor community. They don't have the tax base. This is part of why it's in receivership in a way, right? Um, it is also where... You know, people want to put another gas plant because let's, you know, there's the Covanta incinerator that still, you know, pollutes the town. And now they want to privatize their water, which is a really good water authority and which serves more than just the city of Chester, by the way. Um, so I think there's a lot that is really concerning about this, especially with a community like the city of Chester at the crux of all of this and a really big challenge on how do we help that community? And I think Rep Kazim can speak um, so beautifully about all of that and the needs of the community. And she's absolutely fabulous. Um, but, you know, it's also a natural area. Uh, it's not, there are so many like justice issues at play here for people on the day to day. And it's going to be interesting to see how all of this plays out. But Pennsylvania, you know, says that water, air, et cetera, we have an environmental rights amendment that includes, you know, drinking water. So big issue. 
thank you for co-sponsoring one of the many iterations of this bill. We appreciate it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I uh, a strong believer, and and sometimes I feel like if people who don't understand it, like come down and see it. Come see it. They will tour you through. They will show you everything. I mean, and the staff is very, they're like a, a family. It's an, it's an incredible, uh, it's really an incredible operation. Fantastic. I feel like this has been a very nerdy episode. Angela, do you have something? No, I, I did, but I, I am, I'm going to follow Katie's lead and just not talk about receivership. Uh, maybe, we'll maybe. just dedicate an episode to receivership yeah, yeah. sometimes. Yeah, maybe we can talk about Act 47 and receivership, like in a yes. whole standalone, like dork out episode. Um, yeah. You could have Rep Kazim on to talk about that. Oh. Yeah, Carol is, yeah, she she's great. She we have great. a lot of communities that are in Act 47 in Western PA. And so this is a. Yeah. A subject that I uh, I is endlessly fascinating and yeah so so I did have something to say but I'm gonna zip it. <laughs> no one's gonna yes, ask me about uh, HB four seventy nine where I cried through the Capitol. You guys aren't gonna ask me about that one. Why not? Oh, yeah. Last. Yes. Last. This right. is our last thing. So, But I'm excited to hear about this. Kind of. Kind of our last thing. Our next to last thing. So just like okay. little, really tiny quickly. So HB 479 yeah. was a, my very first like bill that I introduced. Um, it was it's around uh, eliminating the Medicaid uh, mileage requirement for our EMS to get reimbursed for transporting. So right now they're. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, so eliminating it so they get paid. Like, oh, they're doing a job, they should get paid for it. Let's help yeah. our EMS. Um, fantastic bill, it was the first thing I worked on. Um, worked with a lot of stakeholders on it. We loved it, we introduced it. It passed through the House unanimously, passed or came through committee unanimously, the House unanimously, went to the Senate committee and passed. And then the Senate took it and he turned it into the voucher bill. The lifeline. So that's when I cried through the basement of the Capitol to my office after, yeah, leadership. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So it was, yeah. So for me, that was, um, wow, a huge slap in the face, first of all, but a lesson, a lesson, uh, a, a lesson. So, so yeah. So we've reintroduced it, um, you know, and, or maybe it'll get rid into a fiscal code bill. We're not sure, but, um, but yeah, yeah, that was. That was my, very devastating for me. Yeah, that's awful. Those people can ruin anything. Yeah, they did. They did. Uh, they did. Yeah, I had Senator Tim Carney is texting me. He's like, Lisa, I have to vote against your bill. I'm like, it's okay. He's <laughs> like, yeah, me too. <laughs> Get my name off it. <laughs> yeah, me, a former school board member who is like all for, you know, like I'm like, totally not a fan of vouchers i don't and then they take my bills yeah it's devastating that's rough devastating. monsters the last question okay is about a resolution that you you did vote on oh, um, oh is it that resolution asked. it's that resolution okay. which resolution is it representative cerisi's state song resolution I knew you guys would bring this up. You guys have done it on like every show. I love it. 
Yeah, you should have known this was coming. Like, come it's on. time. It's come time on. for Venevision. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. first of all, I love Joe Cerisi. I Joe sits like diagonally in front of me on the floor, and he is hysterical. I love Joe, and we have a good time. And I'm, yeah, he's. Uh, there's, you know, the, you have people who like you really um, admire and kind of go to for like advice and guidance and stuff. And Joe is like for me one of those. Um, yeah, let's. I. I fully support it um it I didn't even honestly I didn't even know we really had a state song is that bad like no we never learned no every basically every single person hasn't known yeah we never learned it it's not something I learned in school and I was like in choir you know I did choir and I Mm -hmm. you know um but yeah I'm fully on board with let's try to get something a little more representative of the state of Pennsylvania you know um yes thank you it's uh so I, I fully support it and uh am anxious anxious to see how it all comes together and how we end up with a song will, yeah. will you help us advocate for a penavision competition <laughs> for this yeah is it is it sort of like i'm trying to as i've been listening to you is it kind of like mm-hmm. a uh America's Got Talent. Like, do people would people? Yeah, come it's very much songs? an American Idol. America's Got Talent okay. sort of deal. Okay. Um, but like, yeah, I think definitely like, um, like Eurovision is yeah. our um guiding star on that. Yeah, I I I think that would be fun. Yeah. Imagine the opportunities it could provide to people who are trying to get a songwriting career going or. And just mm-hmm. so many economic opportunities, I yeah. think, for various parts of our Commonwealth. We had we had Mary Jo on, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, a month or so ago. And it's like the tourism opportunities around so this, right? Right. Yeah, right? For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's great. I and, really the, and the novelty factor, I'm telling yeah. you, we would get nationwide attention with this thing and -hmm. we could showcase all that pennsylvania has to offer i love it i love it who do i need to advocate with because we know joe's already on board so well yeah i mean i think we just have to like is it the senate we need the senate to vote on it too don't we that's true we need the senate to vote on it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we need the senate there's just even republicans can't possibly like that song they can't it's It's so bad I'd never really heard it before until I guess uh, you know the governor's swearing in. <laughs> that right? was the big moment for everyone. Like everyone was like, "What is this?" <laughs> Everybody's like, "What the hell is this?" But and I mean, then Joe, Joe has shared it. Like he'll like pass his phone back and be like, "Look at this. Listen to this." Like, <laughs> this is yeah. We we are like, we are at one with him because this is basically that was us. We were like. This yeah, we've been banging it since this? we started this pod in 2021. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> in terms of getting these Republicans on board, I mean, I I watched the hearing with bated breath. I was so excited. I, you know, I I watched and then I watched the floor vote. And when you have you have Russ Diamond actively on board, like really, I mean, come you on, you can get Russ you Diamond. You have got lightning like, in a bottle. We, we should be able to do this. Yeah. He's a funny character. Fun. He's a, he's a character. He comes over and chats a lot. He's he's a character. He's a character. That is 
for sure. The, the most polite word term that I would ever use heard. to describe him, but accurate, but fully accurate though. <laughs> oh, listen. Um, number one, thank you so much, Lisa, for joining us. Um, this has been delightful, and um, I- I'm just so excited by all of the like wonky um, policy issues that we've got to talk about today because of all the work you're doing yeah um it's great and thank you so much for having me it's uh i love chatting uh, about you know what we're doing and what's going on and what my colleagues and i are working on and trying to make a difference and if you guys have any ideas of what else we need to do but come on october 4th and we'll be talking about uh hospital closures so i'm excited i'm putting that on my calendar yes yeah Yeah. i don't know what time it is it'll be i'm sure in the morning probably like nine yeah to check out that PA Ledge website. Listen, um, all of you can put October 4th on your calendar so you can check out that hearing. And, uh, you know, in the meantime, number one, I, I just, I want to thank, um, we have a subscriber named Megan who I think went to the annual option. I don't know if everybody knows this, but you can join us um, and support our pod by becoming a Patreon supporter and not only can you do that you can do either monthly or an annual subscription to our patreon um and the annual subscription is i think like 10 percent less um so you save some money we get some cash and if you go for the high amount of the subscription monthly yeah that means you are sponsoring someone on a scholarship because we have a scholarship form for people to join who might just not have that five bucks yeah because we got this really fantastic discord community um where we talk all the thing all the time about like all of the ongoing campaigns and just you know shenanigans in the pa state ledge um and and... we help help each other it's a really good brain like where people will drop the most obscure questions (laughs) And somehow someone knows the answer. So it's true. So come join our brain trust, expand our hive mind. Um, Patreon.com slash the night caucus. Um, it, it's we're getting into we're almost in September, folks. So listen, if you're not going out and trying to knock doors for somebody or make phone calls for somebody right now, I literally don't know what you're doing. Um, so please do that. Um, I know that 2024 is like a tempting thought in our minds, uh, but don't because listen, 2024 does not turn out the way we plan unless 2023 turns out the way we plan. Right. So like, we got to make that happen first. So please go to mobilize, um, dot com slash PA Dems, find somebody to knock doors for, talk to your County party. Um, you know, you know what to do because or well i mean katie just gave me a little hmm so you know listen not everybody not all county parties are created equal but for the sake of uh generosity go to your county party and it, it and if all fails tweet at us facebook message us we're on threads we're on blue sky now that's right rub blue sky bitches um so you know uh talk to us and we will help you connect with somebody so 
that's the really like that's the most important thing um get out there get the vote out for our statewide judges for your county for your local people uh because all of these things are so important uh and with that i will say uh one final thank you so much to representative lisa borowski thank you to my co-witches katie angela and shanna um and as always to our mysterious and magical producer dr ack um don't forget to follow us on twitter and instagram and again threads blue sky at the night caucus subscribe and rate us on apple pods spotify or wherever you listen to your pods and uh you know come join our community by becoming a patreon supporter and knock some doors bye gang <laughs>